Well, you aren't you glad to be somewhere besides inside a house looking out of snow, huh? Come on. Uh, it's been interesting. It's going to be an interesting night and day tomorrow. I want all of you to be very careful, but I'm so glad that you've joined us today and been here, uh, uh, t- come out and been uh, a part of the, the service today. And uh, today we're going to look at seven words of praise that will change the way that you worship. I'm so excited about today's message. I actually had it planned to preach two weeks ago, but how many of you remember we got snowed out, huh? We couldn't have church that day. So, so actually during that two weeks, God has just continued to just birth this uh, message uh, in my heart. Uh, Chris Tomlin and Darren Whitefeld actually wrote a book called Holy Roar, and I'm calling this message Holy Roar, and I'm excited about sharing it with you. But before we do that, as Crystal said, we want to say a great big welcome to those who have joined us online and to all of those who's a first-time attender uh, here today, your first time here. Come on, Capital City Church. Let's let them make them feel welcome today. Huh? Come on. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. Feel welcome. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, I'm so thankful for the spirit of worship already that's in this room. Amen? Tell somebody beside you, I'm glad I came to church today. Would you do that? And uh, also, now turn to the other person and say, Happy Valentine's Day, huh? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I love you so much, and I'm so glad I get to spend this morning with you and, and uh, so thankful for that. I believe that God wants to cut loose a holy roar in his church. And that's where we're headed today, amen? Would you just bow your heads and let's uh, pray today. Lord, I'm not asking today for a great message. I'm not asking for me to be seen or heard. But Lord, I'm praying that, that uh, the Holy Spirit would come with a great understanding of praise. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, that I would not be seen, but you would be seen through me. And we ask, Lord, that as we continue to worship together, as we continue to pray together and, and dive into your word together, I pray, Lord, that your presence would continue with us and seal in our hearts the truth you have for each of us today. I ask in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 I want you to look at the scripture in your notes. If you have your Bibles, you can open to the book of Psalms, chapter 47, verses 1 and 2, and verses 6 and 7. It says, clap your hands. Come on, church. Everybody clap your hands. Ah, come on. All ye nations. Shout to God with the cries of joy. Come on, everybody, shout. For the Lord most high is awesome. How many of you know we serve an awesome God, church? The great king over all the earth. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. I think what he wants us to do today is he wants us to sing praises. Amen? I'm kind of getting a hint on that. If they repeat it once, I'm listening. You repeat it that many times, I want to listen up. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him, he says again, with a psalm of praise. You know, I love it when God's people get together and we begin to praise God together and worship begins to take place and the Holy Spirit begins to take over. You know, I grew up in a very demonstrative church. Now, uh, we weren't Pentecostal, but you probably would have thought we were if you ever came to visit one of our churches. How many of you can relate you grew up in a very demonstrative church? Raise your hand. Huh? Anybody? Oh, so that's all new. I mean, we had things like, we'd go home after church and we'd say, hey, man, wasn't that a great service? Uh, Sister so-and-so, she shouted her hair down. How many of you ever heard that before? Shout out here. 
what, what do you mean? That's just weird. Well, when God would come and, and, and you know, the ladies would all wear their hair up on their head back in those days, and uh, some of them would get so excited, they'd just start jumping up and down and praising God and, and, and shouting, and their hair would just fall right off their head. You know, it's like, it was just, we, we had some other phrases. Uh, how many of you had heard of uh, running the aisles? Anybody heard of that? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you about my roots right now, huh? In the Pilgrim Holiness Church and growing up in the early Wesleyan Church, I mean, they would, they people would get so excited, they'd run up and down the aisles. We just look at and say, "There goes another one," you know, "There goes another one." And then if we weren't careful, we might get excited and start running too. How many of you ever saw somebody run the backs of the pews? Raise your hand. Oh, a lot of you have, huh? Now, it might be a little tricky with these chairs, but believe me, it was tricky with pews, too. And I can't tell you, I've seen many, many people get so excited about God, get so on fire for God, be so ready to praise God, they didn't know what to do. So they just started to run, and that wasn't enough to show how much they love God. And I'm not kidding you, they'd start at the back of the church, they'd jump up on the back of a pew, and without hitting one head, that's how you know it's God, amen, without hitting one head or kicking anybody, they'd run straight up the front, to the top of each pew till they got to the front. And I'm going to tell you what, we were excited about God. Amen? Amen? So my question is, what happened to us? I mean, come on. We're, we're like, oh no, someone's raising their hand. Somebody's going to think we're crazy around here, huh? What, what's happened to us? What happened to our excitement? What happened to the joy that comes from shouting your hair down? Now, I don't have much hair. And every time I get a haircut, I realize how much less I have. So I can't shout my hair down, but I can raise my hands. I can praise God. And I'm afraid that the church has lost its enthusiasm for God. I'm afraid that the church has lost that, that initial love that just said, you know what, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to shout praise the Lord. I'm going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to lift up my voice to him. I'm going to make a fool of myself for God. We've lost that today. The great Welsh theologian Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said something particularly important on this subject. He said, a dislike of enthusiasm can be one of the greatest hindrances to revival. I'm just going to let that sink in for just a moment. I want to read it again. He said, a dislike of enthusiasm can be one of the greatest hindrances of revival. So this morning, I want to address that by looking at what God's Word says about enthusiasm. I want to look at what God's Word says about praise. Now, you might be asking today, you said there's seven words for praise. What do you mean by that? There's, there's one for, word for praise. It's the word praise, right? Well, although we read the Bible in English, it wasn't written in English. The Bible was written in Hebrew and in Greek. And so some of the words that the Bible that we have transferred over into English from the original Greek and Hebrew, they don't transfer. They're not transferable into our understanding of what that word means. In fact, the title Psalms, which all of these words we're going to talk about today, are going to come out of the book of Psalms. And if you want to just open your Bible to the book of Psalms, it's right there in the middle of your Bible. Hold that open because we're going to look at these seven words out of the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, that word Psalms is a reference to stringed instruments and songs sung with their accompaniment. So the fact is that the Bible says we are to make music, we are to make praise, we are to love God. But underneath the English translation, we can find some wonderful biblical truths, some wonderful biblical treasures. 
Well, today, let me just give you an example. Today is Valentine's Day, and we say love is in the air, right? And we basically, we have one word for the, for the word love in the English language. But did you know that there are four Greek words for the, love, for the word love in the Bible? Many of you, if you've been coming to church for very long, perhaps you've heard me talk about it. But we just use the word love. You know, I love my wife, and I love Skittles. How many of you know we need something in between there? Amen? How many of you know we need to not use the same language? Well, what I love about the Bible is if you begin to research the, the original language and the original words of a word that we use, like love, you'll find that the Bible talks about an agape love. And that is God's love for humankind. It's an unconditional love. So when I say I love you, I want you to know I love you with God's love. I love you with the love that is unconditional. In fact, you need to just tell somebody that you don't know. Just look at them and make yourself uncomfortable right now. And say, I love you. Just tell them. It's okay. You can say I love you because it doesn't mean that you're going to give them a kissy-poo, all right? That's not what we're talking about. There's another word that, that, that talks about brotherly love. It's phileo. It's a brotherly, a Christian love. So really, anybody that is a believer, anybody that is a Christian, we should get comfortable with saying, Randy, I love you. And Randy, you should get comfortable saying, Pastor, I love you too. And I know that you are. And we know what we're talking about. We're not getting weird. We're talking about that agape love, that phileo love. But that's just two words in the original language for love. There's another word called eros. And we're celebrating that today. It's a sensual or romantic love. How many of you guys know that you better remember to do something today for Valentine's Day or you're going to be sleeping on the couch for a week? Amen? You've got, that's what we're talking about. Look, I love you. I, I adore you. I have, I have a romantic love for you. And then there's another word called storge, a familiar, a familiar love. Familial. I'll say that right in a minute. It's kind of like that word rural. How many of you would love to just say the word rural? I hate that. We used to have an address that was Rural Route 36. And I was like, just forget it. I live on 36. So familial means a family love, a love among family. So knowing that, knowing that the Bible uses the same word and it means different things, what many people don't realize is that there are seven Hebrew words for the word praise. In the Bible, we find seven different expressions. We find them all in the book of Psalms, in fact, so we're going to kind of focus there in that book today. But they all mean something slightly different. They all give us a different vantage point. They all give us a different perspective on the word praise. They give us some insight into the worship practices of the early church. Because the early church, they understood these words. And they understood the need for these seven important words for praise. So if you're ready, I want to give them to you uh, together. And I know that you see your notes. There's, there's seven fill-ins and we're going to be here all day. But we're not going to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I want you to know what the word means. And then I want us to give an opportunity to do what the word says. In just a moment, we're going to worship God some more. And we're just going to, I just want to give you an opportunity to put into practice what the Bible says we should be doing as a church in praising God. So are you ready? You got your notes ready? Okay, here we go. The first one is Yada. Everybody say Yada. You spell that Y-A-D-A-H. And now it's not Yada. 
you know, we say yada, 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 yada. That means something's not important. It's yada. What does that mean? To revere or worship with extended hands. That's literally what the word means. To hold out your hands. In fact, twice in the Old Testament, did you know that the word yada was used to shoot an arrow or to throw a stone? It is the same word that's used in Scripture when it talks about praising God and lifting our hands to Him. So the Scripture that I have there in your notes is Psalms 47.3. May the people's praise, may the people's yadah you, God, may all the people's praise you. So put that word in there. May the people's lift their hands to you. May the peoples extend their hands. May the peoples shoot their hands in the air like an arrow or throwing a stone. May the peoples shoot their hands in the air to you, God. May all the peoples shoot their hands in the air to you. Now what I found is Yadah is a natural instinct of human beings when we have a victory, whether it's a touchdown, whether it's a home run, whether it's us winning the game of putt-putt, I mean, it's just natural for us to go, yeah, I did it, right? Come on. How many of you know when you're watching a Buckeyes game, yeah, there's a touchdown, right? And those hands don't go up when, they, when your team doesn't get a touchdown. It's like, oh, man, and we slouch and we put our hands down. You know, I didn't have to teach my kids how to do that. I, I don't remember ever saying, now, when you win that game, just lift your hands real high so everybody know you're excited about it, right? Okay. No, I didn't do that. So the question here is, do you remember the first time that you raised your hands in prayer? I do. I did it in one of those services that I was talking about. Now, I'm not encouraging anybody to run the aisles. I'm not saying we have to run the backs of the pews, but at least we could tap our foot. At least we could let our finger move. At least we could do something to let the world know that we love Jesus. Amen? And I remember it was a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. It was a night service. And uh, we were singing some songs and, and uh, singing out of the hymn book and some of the old evangelistic songs and, and some of those choruses. And, and uh, I think it might have been uh, during a song. Some of you may remember this song. It's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of the Father saying whosoever will come drink of this water how many of you remember it if you remember sing it with me i promise to pour my spirit out on my sons and my daughters it's begin if you're thirsty and dry look up to the sky it's beginning to rain not a bad memory for an old man huh <laughs> and i remember looking around and some of the old saints of the church, because let me tell you something, it was the old saints of the church that led us in how to praise. They showed us how to praise. Come on, you have to know that I don't care how old you are, people are watching you, and they're seeing how you worship. And I remember seeing some of the ladies and the men around me just lifting their hands, just, just like this, and the tears coming down their eyes because they knew it was beginning to rain. I'm coming to the Father. And the Holy Spirit said, you know, you don't praise me like that. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. I was just young, and, but you need to praise me. And I'll never forget because I was worried. I was worried about what people would think. I was worried about, you know, he'll be a little bit weird. And all of a sudden, my self-consciousness was superseded by my desire to praise God. And I began to lift my hands in worship. And I began to praise my God. 
And my heart was overwhelmed with, with a, an amazing sense of the presence of God. And I never looked back. I said, what in the world took me so long? Maybe you've never raised your hands in praise. Maybe today will be the first time. No one's going to force you. No one's going to call you out. No one's going to embarrass you. But if you do choose to do so, you will be joining over 3,000 years of God's people saying, Yada! Come on, church, just say that. Yada! Come on, say it out loud. Yada! I worship you, Lord. The second word is Hallel. It is to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to clamor, to be clamorously foolish. <laughs> it's where we get the word. Do you, can, have you guessed it? It's where we get the word hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now I want you to say it again after I read the definition. To rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, church. Everybody say hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's get excited about God. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, if I'm not careful, I might get excited up here. Psalm 35, 18, this is out of the New Living Translation. I will thank you in front of a great assembly. In other words, I'm going to thank you no matter who's looking. I'm going to praise you. I don't care what people think. I'm going to praise you in front of the great assembly. I will praise. I will hallel you. I will be foolish for you. I will celebrate you. I will boast you. I will rave about you in front of all of the people because I just don't care anymore. I want God to know I love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 149.3, let him praise, let him hallel, let him say hallelujah, let him hallel his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. And you're saying, I know you're saying right now, Pastor, I don't know what kind of church I signed up for, but I'm pretty sure this wasn't it. <laughs> I just think that we could go a long ways to at least show a little bit of enthusiasm for our God. In fact, the culmination of the book of Psalms ends with the word hallel. Psalm 150 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> In other words, if you have breath, the Bible says praise the Lord. The Bible says boast about the Lord. The Bible says it doesn't matter if you make yourself foolish for the Lord. It all makes sense when we say it is for God. Amen. The third word, if you're taking notes, is Tehillah. Now, don't get ahead of me. It's Tehillah. Tehillah. Some of you, the only word you're going to remember about this message is Tehillah. What did the pastor preach about? I don't know. He said something about Tehillah or Tehillah. I don't know what it was. No, no. Tehillah. Now, listen to what that is. It is a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, or a spontaneous song. So let's all on the count of three. Let's just have a planned spontaneous song. No, no, that's not what it is. It's not something you plan. It's, it's kind of like a, I remember uh, uh, early on in my ministry, one of the leaders said, you know, we need to get together and we just, we just need to, we need to just need spontaneously come up with some vision. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. Tehillah is the Hebrew word actually for psalm. Write that down. The word psalm is derived from the word tehillah. And in Psalm 22.3, it says, Yet you are holy, enthroned in the Tehillah of Israel. In other words, you inhabit 
the Tehillah of your people. You inhabit the hymns and the songs of praise and the new songs and the spontaneous songs. That is where God shows up. If you want God to show up in this place, if you want to experience the revival that the Holy Spirit can bring, come into this place expecting to sing and expecting to give praise and expecting to bring a new song. Because how many of you know we're so, we're so stuck in the past that we forget that God has so much for us in the future? And what does he say that God inhabits, God dwells in, God is enthroned on the spontaneous praises that come from something he has done inside of you? Tahilah. Psalm 34, 1. I will extol the Lord at all times. I will praise, or his praise will always be on my lips. Isn't that beautiful? The fourth word, write this down, is todah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought when I heard this word. Ta-da! <laughs> Toda. T-O-W-D-A-H. It's the, again, it's talking about our posture. This must be important to God. Or he wouldn't put it in the Bible. He wouldn't use this word. Here it is. To the extension of the hands. Again, he's saying the posture of praise is to lift my hands, to give thanksgiving. This is a sacrifice of praise. This one is about thanking God for things I have received, but also thanking God for things I have not yet received. That's why it's a sacrifice, because God, I just believe that you're in control. I believe that you're going to bless me. I believe that you're going to give me answers. I believe that you're going to help me through this. God, I give you that ta-da praise to you, that, that ta-da giving of thanks. That even, if, even though you haven't given me those things, I know that you will. I'm believing in faith with those. It's the idea of coming together with God's people and thanking him for what he has done and for what he has not yet done. So basically, write this down. It is the praise of faith. Todah is the praise of faith. Let me ask you something. Just raise your hand. How many of you have ever had a problem? Raise your hand. Come on, anybody. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you have ever had a problem, huh? Some of you, I don't know if you're asleep or just you're already done, you're out, but I think all of us have had problems. How many of you are sitting beside someone that's had problems? Maybe that's easier to say, okay, yeah, the person beside me has definitely had problems. You've been wanting me to ask that this whole time, haven't you? How many of you are sitting beside your problem? Huh? No, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand. Pastor David, don't, no, no. It's Valentine's Day. I should have never asked that question on Valentine's Day. Remember, I was going to preach this two weeks ago. It wasn't Valentine's Day that day. So what do we do when we have problems? Oh, my life is terrible. I'm never going to make it. This is awful. I can't stand this. I don't even know if I can get up tomorrow. I don't even know if I can go back to work. I don't even know if I can face my wife or my husband. I don't even know if I can face my boss. I don't even know if I can face my teacher. I don't even know, I don't even know if I can get up and go to the grocery store. I'm just so, I'm just so down. Well, listen, God says praise me anyway because that's why it's called a sacrifice. Praise me anyway in thanksgiving of what he's done for you because every one of us in this room has had a blessing enough that deserves our praise and our thanksgiving to God. Amen? Amen. The fact that you have two feet on the ground today is a praise to God. And I'm going to stop right here and say, me preaching today is a praise to God. I'm not going to give the enemy any credit. I'm going to give God credit for healing me because Friday I couldn't even walk. 
I couldn't even walk. I couldn't get out of the chair. I, I, I literally had called Pastor David yesterday, and I had Crystal text him and say, you're going to have to have a sermon on, on the side because Pastor may not make it to church. How many of you know Pastor made it to church today? Amen? Amen? How many of you will pray for me? For some reason, my whole right leg is numb. So just pray for that, okay? I'd be glad. But it doesn't hurt. Amen? How many of you? I'd, I'll take numb over hurting any day. But I'm going to praise God for a complete healing. I'm just going to trust him. He already has healed me so many times. He's helped me be here today to bring this message that I was so excited, in case you couldn't tell, to bring this message. I can't quite jump up and down like I was hoping I would during the message, but that doesn't matter. I'm doing it in my heart. Amen? And I'm also trusting God to give me answers and healing to come. Here's what we do with Tada. We sing over our problems, over our anxieties, and over our fears. I don't tell this story to scare you because, you know, pastors have frustrating days too. And, and this was a, a, several churches ago, so you don't even know what church it was. But there was a time during that, during that time that I just was at, the, at my wit's end. You know, John Maxwell used to say that almost every pastor has written, written at least one resignation letter on Monday morning. You know, we're just so tired and wore out. I said, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. Well, I was having a really bad day. I was having a bad week, and, and uh, I was out driving and praying like I do, and I had the radio on. And how many of you remember, I believe it was Casting Crowns saying that song, I Will Praise You in the Storm. I hadn't heard that song before, and that'll tell you how long ago this was. And that song came on, and I began to listen to the words, I will praise you in a storm. And I want to tell you, right there in my driveway, I had just pulled into my driveway, God came on me, and I began to weep. And I said, God, no matter what, I'm going to praise you. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to give you honor. No matter what, I'm going to praise you. In the middle of this, God, I want you to know that I love you. Don't ever doubt my love for you, Lord. Don't ever doubt that I know that you are the reason that I'm here right now and I'm never going to forget that and God began to heal my soul I don't even know what I was upset about doesn't matter God healed me and put it behind me and God said move forward march on praise me in the storm and I will give you strength that's what we're talking about when we talk about God I choose I choose to put my trust in you rather than the circumstances around me Psalm 50, 23 says, he who offers praise. He's talking about the Todah. He who praises God in the storm. He who lifts up that sacrifice of praise. He who praises when he doesn't even feel like it. Glorifies me. Why? Because who else would we praise when we feel like just giving up? Who else would we praise when we feel like quitting? Who else would we praise when our day has never been darker? When our life has never had more hurt? Who else would we praise than a God that we know brings hope? and joy and forgiveness and love into our life. Who else would we praise but God? And so when you praise him in the storm, you are praising him with an everlasting praise. And the Bible says that it glorifies him. And to him that orders his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. I don't care what you're going through. I do care. I don't mean it that way. But it doesn't matter what you're going through. God's grace is stronger. God's love runs deeper. God's help is available. For you right now, all I'll say is if you'll just praise me, a sacrifice of praise, I will heal it with the healing balm of my love. Number five, the fifth word is zamar. 
making music to God with strings. Praise team, worship band, you should like this one. It's in the Bible. Remember, that's what Psalms means, actually. This is, this is the, the beautiful invention by God, not by man. God created music and melody and sound and tone so it would be used as a tool to access God's presence. You know, in the mornings when I have my quiet time with him, you know, I read the word and I pray. But when the worship music comes on, when I begin to praise him and listen to the music, it's powerful, folks. It's powerful. It brings you into a focus of who God is and what he's done for us. Psalm 92, it is good to praise. It is good to zamar the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. You say, well, Pastor, I can't sing worth a lick. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, at least you've got a bucket. Just carry the bucket and make some noise. Amen? The Bible didn't say sing like you can be on American Idol later on in the, in the, in the season, right? In the first, maybe, maybe it's talking about the first ones. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, the count of three, somebody make some noise. One, two, three. You see what I'm talking about? Every one of you can make some noise, even if it's not pretty to you or anybody else. But you know what's beautiful? To listen to someone who may not be the greatest singer, but they're worshiping God. And in that moment, they're making music. Because music is powerful. Music is strong. Can I just stop here and say music is powerful for good? And the enemy uses it for evil. And I think we need to be very careful about what we're listening to. Have you ever been watching a, a scary movie and all of a sudden the strings come in? Right, Eric? I should have had you up here to do a little... A little and I go, oh no, something bad about to happen right here. <laughs> I can just tell. The music gave it all away. Well, that's what they want you to know. Something's come up. They want to scare you just with the music. Music is powerful, but it was invented. It was created by God. The music and the melody and the sounds and the tones were created by God to develop an atmosphere. That's why it's so important for us to start our worship time out just praising God. Every service that has three components, worship, worshiping God and singing his name, prayer, which we do during that third song, and preaching the word and learning the word. And that's what we're committed to at Capital City Church because we know that music is powerful. The sixth one is Barak, which is to bless by kneeling or bowing. Write that down. Barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing. Now, in the early church, they understood this meaning very well. They understood that what it meant was not just bowing in the presence of the king, but bowing in the presence of the king. And many times when we watch the movies and things, they'll bow and put their head down. But this word means to bow with your eyes and your gaze upon the king, watching where he goes, seeing what he does, knowing he is the great provider, knowing that that gaze of yours will follow him and he will lead you in the direction that you need to go. And how different would it be if everyone in our church and everyone in today's church kept their eyes on the king in reverence, what if we went to lunch today and instead of asking, how was the worship? That's the wrong question. Instead of asking, how was the worship? We ask, how was your worship? What if that was the question we asked? What if we actually got honest and say, you know what? I didn't let myself worship too good today. 
And we might try to blame it on the music, but the Bible says you don't have to be a great musician. You just have to be able to make some noise. And let me tell you something today. No one else can give God your worship. Only you. You are the only one that can give God your worship. And we allow distractions and we allow preferences and we allow things to get so many times in our way from just saying, Lord, my worship is an offering to you. Psalm 103.1, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Barak, bow, worship, and praise. And the seventh word is Shabbat. To address in a loud tone. How many of you know Pastor knows how to do that? Amen. My wife always says, You got a big mouth. <laughs> you got, and it's true, I do have a big mouth. I actually had a dentist take a picture of my mouth because it was so big. He called his assistant and I, I said, You want to see something? Sure. And he was, he was cleaning my teeth. So watch this. I opened my mouth as wide as I go. He said, oh, my goodness, can you do that again real quick? Hey, and he called us and said, would you bring your camera here? You can't believe how big this guy's mouth is. Some of you laughing way too hard on that. But I'm also loud, huh? Amen? (laughs) Don't say amen, Ed. I'm also loud. And sometimes Chris will say, Phil, can you just please blend? You know, be walking down the mall. and Can you just blend for a minute? Because I just want to talk to people. Watch this. To address in a loud tone, to shout, to commend glory and triumph. It's God's people coming together to shout in a loud voice. The shout becomes an anthem, and the anthem becomes a holy roar. <laughs> the scripture is out of Psalms 117. I noticed this morning, I actually put it wrong in your notes, so scratch out that, scratch out that reference I have there. I believe I put 163 or, or, or 63 or something. But Psalm 117.1, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Now watch this. That verse says this. Hallel the Lord, all you nations. Shabbat him, all you people. Shout to the Lord, for the Lord is good. Shout to the Lord, the glory and triumph. Shout to the Lord with a loud tone and to, and, and to, and to raise a voice to him. And just so that we're all on the same page, you remember last week I talked about the spot. If you were here last week, I talked about the Buckeyes winning in double overtime. And it was fourth down. And there was a half a yard to first. And if they got that first down, they would be first and ten. Think about that for a moment. First and ten. That's good, right? How many of you know? Double overtime. You want your team to be first and ten. So here they are. They're fourth and a half. They didn't kick it. I mean, it's double overtime. It's all or nothing. So they ran the play, and the ref said, yes, there's the spot. You made it. First down, fourth and, fourth and ten. But it was contested. So I didn't bring all the contesting time because you know how it is. They replay it on the screen, and, and the commentators or caters are talking about it. And what are they going to say? Are they going to let it stand? Are they? And it ended up being the spot. You know, the team from up north would argue about the, the fact that the spot was shy of a first down. And the Buckeyes said, I don't even know what you're looking at. It was definitely a first down. But the story ends that the, the refs left the, left the play to stand, and they went and ran it in the next play for a touchdown. It was, I believe, 
believe 27 to 24, the team up north was winning, and they crossed the touchdown line, crossed the, touch, the, the line, the finish line. Or what, what is it? The goal line. Thank you very much. I'm too excited about praising God. Anyway, so just so that we're all on the same page about what the Bible is talking about, what I'm talking about with this holy roar, I brought a clip just so that you can just, here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen, and I want. And it, let me just say, we have an awesome tech team. Can we just give them a great big thanks? They're awesome. Because I'm going to call on right now. You guys are great. Thank you, Aiden, for being our director, our production director. You're an amazing guy. Come on, give him a hand. Up. So here we go. Let's work together, Aiden. Look at me in the eye. I want to make sure that we hear a roar. Okay, are you ready? Come on. I want to make sure that we hear roar. So I want you to watch. This is what we're talking about when we talk about a roar. Watch this. Delano Hill got there. It looks like it's a first down. It is. Ohio State stays alive barely. After review, the play stands has called on the field. Which I agree with. Very, very difficult to overturn a spot, especially it's in building. a spot like this. So first down, Ohio State, still 15 yards away from the goal line. Barrett, barely. Samuel. Shout for God. Amen. Come on, church. Stand up and let's give God our praise. Let's go and worry about all the other things. Let's go and think about the person behind us in front of us. Let's think about the person above us. And let's raise our voice to heaven. And let's worship Him together. I was buried my shame. We could carry that kind of weight.
my soul, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. Giver, 
You are the one who gives us hope and life. Right now, as you're here today and you're going, I don't know what this is all about, but I know this is something I need. Maybe you've never asked Jesus in your life before. Right now's the time. You say, I'm not sure how. It doesn't matter. All you need to know is the ABC. Accept that Jesus loves you. Accept that he is the Savior. Accept that you need him. Believe that he will forgive you and confess that he is your Lord and he will change your life and make you new. He'll make you a brand new person. So if you're here today, I just want everybody, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, just pray this with me. God, the best way I know how, I want to give you my praise for the rest of my life. The best way I know how, Lord, I want to be a new person. I ask you to come into my life and change me. I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done. Lord, I pray that you would make me new today. And the best way I know how, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you are, that you are Lord and that you will forgive me of my sins. And I accept you as my personal Savior right now. And Lord, I pray that you would change me from the inside out today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, Pastor David, raise your hand, Pastor David. Pastor David will be back at the uh, information center right after church. Would you go back and just let him know I prayed that prayer? Would you put it on your communication card when you turn that in in just a moment? We have a special gift for you. David will let you know what that is. And just let him know I prayed that prayer and asked Jesus in my heart. Amen. The Bible says that when someone gets saved, someone comes to Christ, that heaven has a party. And at Cap City Church, we like to join that party, right? So on the count of three, come on, let's have a holy roar for the people that have given their hearts to the Lord. One, two, three, come on. Amen. You can be seated right now. We have a very special moment before our offering time. And uh, I'm going to ask Judy Kroon to come at this time. And uh, as you saw in the video uh, today, that uh, she has her own uh, missionary uh, missionary group. Uh, it's called Inspirational Mi Ministries. She is our in-house uh, uh, missionary. Come on up here. And uh, she's going to come up here and share little things uh, before we uh, receive our tithes and offerings. Good morning, marhaba, which is Arabic for hello. Alhamdulillah. That's what they'd be saying um, in Egypt right now with a holy roar, which means praise the Lord. Alhamdulillah. So um, I'm Judy Kroom. In case some of you um, have never met me that are maybe on the grace side. Um, and I am a missionary. I am an extension of Cap City Church. Even though I have um, an organization called Inspirational Ministry, and that's for purposes to allow me to travel out of the country as I do, um, I am an extension of this church. So when I travel, I travel with a little video of our pastor that he made several years ago, and I've shared that many times um, around North Africa and the Middle East to other pastors and um, church affiliates um, there. So they enjoy Pastor Phil um, as well. But this morning, I just want to take the time to just briefly let you um, in on a little bit of the ministry that I do um, in North Africa and the Middle East. Um, in 2 Timothy, it talks about, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. But join me in the sacrifice for the gospel and for I get very passionate about 
what the Lord has called me to do. But I cannot do this alone, for I am just the vessel. I rely on the Lord to provide the provisions. James 4 says, if you have not because you ask not, but it also clearly states, you must ask with the right heart for the right things. Cap City Church has been a vital part of this ministry. I have not been able to do it without you. Your blessings have equipped us to provide several outreaches throughout the ministry. And as you look on the screen, those are just a few of them. And I'm going to give you a brief overview of what God has done lately. And I need to go back just a couple years. Um, this is before um, the 21 days of prayer started. And Pastor Phil gave us the challenge to pray, and he gave us some words. Some of these words were influence, territory, blessings. There were several others. But I prayed as he had instructed. And I said, Lord, increase my territory, increase my influence, increase the blessings for the work that you've called me to do, not just here, but also here at home. And over the past two years, he has done that in my neighborhood, overseas, in my family, because when I prayed it, I meant it. And when you mean it and you ask it in the right heart, he will do it. And he has done that for this ministry. This year, we were able to establish what I call a five-two, five loaves and two um, five loaves and two fishes food pantry. Currently, we have served over 300 families from this pantry since October. But here's the good part. 80 of these families were non-believers. These food baskets gave the pastor the opportunity to be able to go to these homes and share the gospel for the first time with 80 families. Now I'm going to do some math for you because when I say families, there's a minimum of at least five in each family, okay? So if we take just five, that's 400 people that have heard the gospel since October. And as you can also see, um, when I travel, I also hold some services where I speak to the ladies. Um, my ministry is of love and encouragement. So I try to bring some hope, some love, um, short, simple things um, to these women to encourage them. One of, that, one of those tools that I use is a prayer box. And my mouth is getting a little dry, I'm so sorry. Um, a prayer box. And this prayer box comes from Heavenly Creators here at Cap City. And they have made over probably 300 of these boxes. And on these boxes, it says, pray, wait, and trust. Those are the three words that the Lord, um, that the Lord has given me to share with these women. So, Heavenly Creators, thank you. And every home, every woman that gets one of these, you are a part of that ministry that has gone out from Cap City through the prayer box. 
You can also see on here where you see a lot of children in the services. That is our Iwana programs. Yes, they have Iwana in the Middle East. So some of those, some of the children's services that you see, Cap City has provided um, snacks for these children by your giving. So we will go, the last service that we had in October, there were 200 children. So 200 children received um, some treats and snacks because of your generous giving. So Iwana programs are all over the world. And children are learning the gospel. Um, we also have the Center of Hope, which is serving the Sudanese refugees. On a daily basis, we have over 50 children providing them with English, Arabic, and Bible lessons. A hot meal is now provided for each child through your generous donations uh, to install a kitchen um, in our center because the pandemic has not allowed us to be able to purchase um, food outside of the center. So we are now able to provide a meal daily for, for 50 children. In the summertime, that um, number grows to about 1,000, uh, 1,000, 100 children that will come to the um, center. We kind of changed the program a little bit um, to have more activities and Bible lessons um, in the summertime. We have a women's empowerment program providing lessons also in English and Arabic and Bible, helping them with life skills, practical needs, and food parcels again. The center also provides a place for community church service, Bible study, and prayer service on a weekly basis. Um, our outreach also goes to our persecuted Christians and non-believers um, outreach. It was an, we established these as in-home visitations. Um, the outreach allows us to encourage and love those who are suffering because of their faith. And you would, some of the stories are unbelievable. They have, most of them are widows. Um, they have lost their husbands due to persecution um, from ISIS in northern um, Sinai and they have fled to Upper Egypt. And we go and we, we minister and encourage these women. We also can provide sometimes a food parcel, medicine, medical needs, and housing assistance. For our non-believers, it gives us the opportunity um, to listen to them, their stories, share our faith. We give them a little Bible. It's a New Testament called the Injil in um, Arabic. And um, we also are able to pray with them. Praise the Lord for this ministry, because in the past year, remember I told you, Pastor Phil, how I prayed for influence. I prayed to, for territory to be opened. And now the territory of ministering to non-believers. And we had a salvation when I was there in October. And a family of four gave their heart to the Lord and now are living for Jesus. So hopefully I'll have a, a bigger report to give you on this family when I return. Um, God, as God's blessing and increasing this ministry, I see how over the past two years, which I just said, he has given me a greater opportunity to expand and influence in this field. He called us, he called me to serve, but again, I'm just the vessel. God and only God has the power to bless and open these doors to make it happen for my purpose, which I just want to share a little something with you about purpose. I had written a prayer that was going to be the end of my, my brief 
information about what I do in the Middle East and in North Africa. But the Lord would not let me sleep for two days. And he said, you're living your purpose. And it's only through Cap City that that's happening. That heavenly creators are living their purpose by giving me the tools. They make these little bracelets that say love, hope, and joy on them. They've made over a thousand of these bracelets that I've given out to women to encourage them. To give them hope when they think hope no longer exists. And they have a part in that. Every salvation, every food parcel that this pastor takes out to a non-believer, Cap City is a part of that. And the Lord showed me I keep a lot of things. And Friday, he said, go back and look. Look at what I'm telling you. Look at what you're doing. And you encourage other people. And you love them. And that's what we do. And I went back through some notes. And in August of 2019, pastor said that the world may know. People don't care how much you know. They care. They know by how you care. The real test of my loving is not that I am feeling, that I feel loving, but that other persons feels loved by me. That was in August of 2019. In October of 2019, he told us, the spirit of the Lord is upon us because the Lord has anointed us to preach good tidings to the poor. He said, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. I don't know if you're getting this or not. In October of 2019 again, he said, run the play, move into position, Share the good news. Don't stay in the huddle. If I had stayed in the huddle in 1985, when he called me for my purpose, it was delayed. But if I didn't get out of the huddle, that touchdown would have never happened. Your purpose will never happen. In November again of 2019, he said that the power of a purpose, the purpose will motivate you. We will work on the purpose. The purpose works on you. And lastly, he said, pray every day for the fulfillment of the Lord's purpose in your life. Prayer is a vital part of my ministry. I cannot tell you how many times that I have come in contact with the enemy or the enemies try to come in contact with me because I give him no authority over my ministry. I've been detained. I've been followed by ISIS. This is true. I had someone call me and said, what are you doing 
I had a dream. All I could see was walking and black hands just reaching and reaching and reaching for you. I said, I don't claim it. I called some people and asked them to pray. Prayer is a vital part of my ministry in Cap City. You are important to me in prayer. In July of 2020, there is a purpose in your pain. I'm not going to read those because I'm sure you see the pattern here. Because across here it says, find God, find freedom, find purpose, find fulfillment. And it all just came together for me on Friday. He would not let me sleep, but I couldn't even sleep last night. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to say this. I just wanted to read my description and just be gone. But he said, there's a purpose. You're my purpose that I can go. Not just by giving, but with prayers. I'm just a vessel that's been willing to go and that he called a long time ago that was delayed. And I say, don't let your purpose be delayed. And I close in saying, I ask you, Lord, as I have prayed, Father God, that you would be a blessing as I walk in my purpose. For this ministry you have entrusted me with, thank you, Sally, for your ministry of heavenly creators. He has entrusted you with that, and you have been a blessing. You have walked and been a part of this great commission. Lord, recognize the need for which you have called me and its provisions. I have set my heart towards the goal so that you, Lord, can be a blessing to others through me to make a difference in lives that your name may be exalted and lifted up that salvation would come to those who are still living in darkness that your light will shine bright through me in me wherever I go wherever your journey takes me wherever my purpose leads me that I am totally, fully yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stay here for a moment. Pastors, would you come? Amen. Pastors, would you come? Pastors, would you come? And normally we would have Judy. She's going to be going uh, on her trip in about a the 25th, normally we'd have her come down and we'd, we'd lay hands on her and pray for her, but uh, just because of COVID and everything, I'm going to ask the pastors to come and I'm going to ask Pastor David to lead a prayer over her and I'm going to ask you to reach your hands out in support and pray and let's just pray that God will be with her, be her anointing, be her strength, help her share the good news of the gospel. Let's stand together and pray and, and I think it would be a good thing, just kind of reach your hands toward her as we pray today. Our Father, we thank you today for the great commission, and the great commission you gave to us was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We thank you, Lord, that uh, Judy has been obedient to the heavenly vision, 
And Lord, she has said, here am I, Lord. Use me, take me, any way that you can use me. I thank you for Judy's willingness. I thank you for her heart of response. I thank you that she has found her purpose in Christ. I thank you that she has found fulfillment and she has found joy and you are using her to bring others to Christ. Now, Lord, as she gets ready uh, to go on this latest trip in just a week, we pray that you'll prepare the way. We pray you'll go before. We pray, Lord, that you'll prepare the minds and the hearts of people she will minister to. Prepare her heart. Prepare those who help her. Prepare all of those that are there. And Lord, we would ask today that you would bless her and bless her indeed. I pray that you will continue to enlarge her territory and her influence. I pray that your hand will be upon her of protection and provision. And I pray that you will keep her from evil, from harm, and from sin, that she would not cause or experience pain. And Lord, may your glory be revealed in all that she does. Lord, we thank you that this church can be a part of reaching the world and touching the world with the love and the message of Jesus Christ. And as we send her out, the New Testament church said, as they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit said, send forth Paul and Barnabas. And Lord, today we lay our hands on Judy as we have been worshiping and giving a holy roar to God. And out of this, Lord, you are sending her to Egypt. And we pray blessing upon her in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you so much, Judy. What a blessing. Can I have the ushers come, please? As they're coming, just have a couple quick announcements. Um, we have security meeting in the conference room right after church, so two minutes from now. Growth track will start in about 15 minutes in the chapel. Be sure and check out the new shirts in the lobby. Some great new shirts um, that Joyce Brewer has done, and they're for sale. And I do believe... Oh. As you're leaving, if you would like to participate in the baby bottle fundraiser, uh, ushers will be there to hand those out to you. And they're due back in about a month or so. We'll let you know, maybe two months. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this offering. Please bless it right now. And Lord, may we continue to do your word and your will in your name. Amen. All right, so as they're taking that offering, um, we just want to um, say a couple things. With all the crazy weather stuff, um, there are several ways that you can find out what's going on. The Facebook page, we have an email list. If you are not on that list and you're not getting consistent emails from us, please write that on your connection card today uh, so that we can add you to that list. Also, we do a thing that goes out um, to your phone, um, a, a recorded phone call. And so if you're not getting those, please indicate that on your connection card, I need the, to get the recorded phone calls, because there's three different ways that that goes out. We want to keep you informed. Uh, we're hoping that there will be joy group here on Tuesday night, and then we hope we have all our Wednesday activities, but just be watching your phone and, and your email to make sure that that's happening. Uh, we are so glad to have all of you here today. Be blessed. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and uh, we'll just be looking forward to seeing you soon. God bless you.